Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Go ahead and shout. Makes me want to shout. Hallelujah. When I think of your goodness, Father. Hallelujah. Praise, O oh Lamb. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Makes me want to shout. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. It makes me want to shout. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Go ahead and lift your hands and give him praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. We worship you today. You're so good to us. You're faithful to us. Glory to your name. Thank you, Father. You're here to meet needs all across this room. Glory to God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. How many of you know it matters how you come into church? And uh, we, the Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Hallelujah. And I don't think there'd be anything wrong with saying and add a shout in there too. <laughs> Makes me want to shout. Thank him, thank him, thank him for how good he is. How good he is. Praise be to God. Amen. Turn to your neighbor as you're seated. Actually, you can stay standing. Don't be seated. But turn to your neighbor and say, hey, yeah, you better shout because I'm going to get your shout for you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Get out in the aisles. Find three people, four people, and tell them you're glad to see them this morning. Greet somebody. Glory to God. Yeah, it makes me want to shout. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor, all the praise. Makes me want to shout. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. It makes me want to shout. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, you may be seated. Good to see you this morning. Welcome to Spirit of Faith Family Church, the church alive in Cedar Rapids. Praise the Lord. Glad to see everybody. If you're hungry and you know it, say amen. amen. If you're thirsty and you're going to get filled, say amen. amen. It matters that you come hungry and thirsty. Amen. It's good to have everybody here today. God's going to have his way. God has a part. Pastor has a part. You have a part. God will do his part. I prepared to do my part. Anybody going to do their part this morning? Yes. We're, we're hungering and thirsting. Paul said, pray for me that utterance be given unto me. So it matters that our faith is joined together in services. Amen. Praise God. So it's good to have everybody. Everybody staying warm outside this week? <laughs> what do you mean? It was a cold streak. You know, after last week, it was a cold streak. <laughs> so good to, good to see uh, some rain in the forecast today. Hallelujah. You want to hear something, the good news? Thursday night at camp meeting, I heard it in my spirit. The Lord said the drought is over. So I've been saying the drought is over. 
Yeah, praise the Lord. Amen. It's time for us to put a stop to this. How many of you get in faith with us on that? Praise God. Amen. I got some things I want to grow, so I got to get some faith on this. So, amen. Good to have you today. Good to see the spirit of faith is alive and, and uh, ready for church. Praise God. Um, we had a good helps ministry class. How many of you uh, got something out of the helps ministry class before service, before this service? We're getting answers. We're getting direction. We're, we're, we're coming together in one accord for what God's doing. Hallelujah. And I was able to announce in the helps ministry class, if you weren't in that class, you didn't hear it, but we finally are, are really, really certain now that the building's secured for us to start the church. So that's good news. Did I say in Kansas City? I meant in Kansas City. I hope you didn't misunderstand that, but um, so we're going to get started down there. We'll get some dates to you and so forth. Everything's being arranged. Praise God. Just a few more details and contracts to sign and things like that. And we'll know for sure all the dates and everything. But so praise God. Thank you for using your faith with us. Believe in God. This isn't just Pastor and Pastor Debbie doing this. We're believing God in all one accord, right? Amen. Yeah, we're renting a building down there. Uh, it'll be Summit Christian Academy. Anybody ever heard of Andre and Maya Eccles? You've heard of them? Yeah, they, they are, uh, well, actually, on Brother Andre, I think maybe Mr. Eccles, part-time, a little bit of something. But anyway, that's where he's going to be working down there, working at Summit Christian Academy. A high, it's a school, elementary and high school, that's, uh, from what I can tell, doing a, just a great job down there, um, you know, keeping, keeping the world out of their school and raising up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, as far as I can tell. So we're excited about that, that building, and they're, they're, they're really looking forward to letting us use it. They just had a remodel project going on that they didn't know when it was going to get to the end, so we couldn't <laughs> get some things finalized. But they're, now they're saying, now we're ready to start you know, fi finalizing everything. So we'll get all that to you. We're excited, excited, excited. Don't, don't make me think you're not. Go, I'm excited. We're all excited. Amen. So uh, increase is coming. More people are being reached. The, 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 the message is going further. And God's plan, God, I believe God's uh, satisfied and happy uh, that we're stepping forward and making these steps towards the fulfillment of the plan. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Brother Carlos is going to come up and give us some announcements. Give him a big hand as he comes. Uh, Pastor Dre was speaking uh, about the Eccles. And on behalf of Brother Andre and Miss Maya and our pastors, uh, they want to thank you so much for helping, whether you helped at uh, North Liberty part of it, packing or unpacking in Missouri. Thank you so much. Uh, huge supply he brought. If you've ever moved, if you ever moved, you know how grateful they are. So thank you from pastors and from the Eccles. Um, do want to let you know we're having another uh, maintenance work day. This is going to take place on Saturday, August 26th. It's going to be at 1 p.m. Uh, so we're looking for skilled people in maintenance-type work to assist with the maintenance and just the repairs around the uh, campus. If you're able to help, please sign up by Wednesday, August 23rd in the hospitality foyer uh, to bring your supply. If you do have questions on what they do and you think you're eligible to help, please see Rob Thompson. He'll be able to explain what they're doing and what kind of help they're looking for. So thank you for that. Now, with August coming, cool school is going to start back up. So 
that happens here too. So we have an advancement Sunday. So if you have a child going into first, fourth, or seventh grade, they're going to go to a different classroom on the 27th. Um, so um, uh, prepare you for that. If you do have questions on that, please see Miss Jennifer Rothwell. She'll be able to answer uh, any questions with that. And also, Summer Splash, you're doing your uh, Harvest Christian Daycare is doing their field trip to the uh, swimming pool. That's on Thursday, August 10th. So you have until this Wednesday to sign up for that. I know we've been mentioning that. Uh, the cost is just $7 for that. Please sign up by this Wednesday, August 9th. And do want to remind you, with everything going on, we still have our book of the summer. Um, it's uh, Kenneth Hagin's Bible Prayer Study Course. And if you remember at camp meeting, uh, Pastor Nancy said, we do a book of the month because we want everyone on the same page. You know, studying the same material, studying the same author who wrote that, you know, so pastors have it on their heart. And if you've been reading this, this is a study course. It is 25 chapters. It's not a novel, you know, that you can read through. So there's sections. Um, um, I've really been enjoying it. And I think what helped me was, you know, I thought, you know, I've read this and stuff. And I said, I'm going to read this like I've never read it before. Like this is my first time. And I've gotten so much out of it. It, it really matters your attitude before going into something like that. You know, obviously, Pastor has put it on their heart uh, for us to do that. So my last announcement is uh, these platform announcements are available when you do come into the sanctuary um, at either door. You can also find them anytime online. Uh, it's called The Rest of the Story. You can go to the Spirit of Faith Facebook page or go to the GEM website. They're under the News Center. And that's all the announcements, sir. My Bible. Praise the Lord. Y'all real quiet today. <laughs> You're not tired, are you? First service wore you out? <laughs> I'm going to receive the offering. If you're glad about it, say amen. Psalm 80, 18, verse number 36. I want to read something to you. The ushers are in the aisle. If you're like Carlos and you need an envelope. <laughs> you know, he's a good guy to pick on because he just likes it, you know. <laughs> his love language. If you pick on him, he knows you love him. So Psalm 18, verse 36. I shared this in the uh, helps ministry class, but I want to share a little bit more about it. And I want to, if you weren't here, I want you to hear this because the Lord put it pretty clearly on my spirit, in my heart this morning, actually last night. Harrison translation says in Psalm, 30, or Psalm 18, 36, you have enlarged the scope of my activity and I do not become fatigued. Say that out loud. God enlarges the scope of my activity, and I do not have to become fatigued. You know what that means? Worn out. Oh, i got so much to do. How many of you know that? I don't know if you, I think I've said this to you. The Lord, years ago, people would ask me, how you doing? And I'd always say, I'm just busy, man. I just got a lot going on. And, and I noticed I was always fatigued and tired and stuff like that. And, and one day I was saying, just so busy. And the Lord said, what are you saying? He said, stop saying you're so busy, busy, busy. Now, do I have things to do? Yeah. But you can wear yourself out with your mouth. 
by talking busyness, by talking, you know, a lot, you know, of, of activity and stuff. You, God wants to uh, prosper us. Say God wants to prosper us. And uh, that's a, a stated fact in the Bible over and over again. But you and I in this system, we, we, we operate in the kingdom of God. But we also, ever, you ever notice the Bible said that he blesses what we put our hand to? Say it out loud. He blesses what we put our hand to. And uh, if, if he'll bless what you put your hand to, then when you put your hand to something, you're giving him an avenue to work through. He's, that's not your source, just an avenue through which he can work through. You understand what, what we're saying? So when we put our hand to something financially, it gives God an avenue. Uh, I've learned that God is not limited to one avenue. He can, he can bless. If I put my hand to other things, he can bless other. He, he's got more avenues to get things to me. Am I making any sense? So uh, when we put our hand to one thing that doesn't have much responsibility, this world will pay you on one level. But if you are willing to take on in that same company, maybe, for, for example, you're willing to take on more responsibility, take on management responsibilities or something like that or overseeing a department or something in the company, then they'll pay you more. Right? And so in this, in this world, the, the pay is basically, most of the time, there are exceptions to this, but most of the time the pay is based on how much responsibility you're willing to take. And what we, what we find then, putting that together with 1 John, or 3 John 2, excuse me, 3 John 2, beloved, I wish above all things you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Notice we prosper as our soul prospers. You know, let me, let me define a, a prospered soul to you. A soul that can, that can take on more responsibility and not be, uh, not be overwhelmed, not be anxious, not be stressed out. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Some people have, pe people have different levels of ability to take on responsibility without being stressed out. You remember when Jesus divided the, when he told the parable of the uh, talents, he said there was three men, one guy, one guy got five talents, one guy got three talents, one guy got one talent. Then it says this, according to his several ability. What does that mean, according to his ability? That means according to how much he could manage by his faith without getting stressed out. I've learned, I've been an employee, employee and an employer for years, an employer for years, and I've learned certain people can handle more than other people. So you give the people who can handle more, more. Because there's always needs for organization, management, oversight, right? Making decisions. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. So, somebody say, I'm here, Pastor. I'm here. So those, those people who can handle more are given more. And that's what Jesus said in the parable. Every man according to his ability. One had one talent, one had three, one had five. The point is that it's not that you are limited to a one talent, to be a one talent person for the rest of your life. You can take on more response. You can develop the ability. Through learning to cast your care on the Lord, learning to live out of your spirit and, and manage out of your spirit and oversee things without getting stressed. It's a faith development. Amen. And whenever you can do that, your soul will prosper. 
Are you putting that together with 3 John 2? Your soul can prosper with more responsibility. A prospered soul that has a bunch of responsibility is one that doesn't get stressed out with all that responsibility. Do you realize there's people in this world that are running a thousand times more than you and I? There are business people, some of these business people. I'm not endorsing anybody, but I'm going to mention somebody. Elon Musk, that guy runs all kinds of stuff. Amen. Do you think if you could run more, you could make more? Run more without getting stressed out? Learn to delegate, learn to train other people to, to run things for you and, and oversee them rather than be the hands-on guy? Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm interested in going from glory to glory in this, and I'm looking at a congregation that wants to go from glory to glory. So what this is, is increase without stress. Say it out loud, increase without stress. That's, this takes development of spirit to, to not, in other words, let, let me read it like, like the Lord said it to me here. He said, uh, you can oversee more by, and still in the middle of that, uh, I'm, looking for the, uh, I'm looking for the right quote here. Uh, you can, I'm, I'm not finding it, but basically I'll paraphrase it without the devil jumping on your head with anxiety and you can't sleep at night. You can, you can learn to cast your care on the Lord and take responsibility without taking care. I'm talking to some people that have been stuck financially. I'm talking to some people that have been stuck financially. You can take on more without taking on more anxiety. Praise the Lord. And therefore prosper more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a growth in faith. You can keep the devil off your head uh, with, with all the things you're overseeing. Hallelujah. Pastor Nancy said to me, this was uh, two or three years ago, I think it was right here at our camp meeting. She said, you're going to be over many more things. This is before we, we uh, said much. I don't think I had said anything to her about pastoring more, you know, taking, uh, starting other churches and things. <clears throat> but she said, you're going to begin to be over more and be, be more an overseer rather than involved in all the day to day. But you're going to be overseeing more and more things. And she said, you're going to do it by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, that's not just for me. All of us can learn to do that. Hallelujah. Can you have whatever you're doing all day long and yet have 100 apartments that, that uh, somebody's renting and you got a management company taking care of everything and you're answering questions for the management company? Huh? A hundred, Pastor. Yeah, that's your starting point. <laughs> can you? I don't have the time. You don't know how, but you do have the time. There are people doing it all day long. Somebody say amen. Can you do that? Can you take on more? Can you, can you be over more? I'm telling them, Lord. I'm telling them. I'm telling them. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And some of you will. Everybody can. Everybody can. Say, everybody can. Now, maybe it's not apartments. I'm, whatever it is. Whatever it is. Hallelujah. I, I'm not trying to make anybody, you know, feel good and other people feel bad, but I just love the, the Samuelson's testimony. They got all kinds of things going now. I don't see him stressed out back there. You look, look, pretty, you look pretty, pretty even chill. Hallelujah. Things going good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You can do it. Tell your neighbor, you can do it too. 
I think believers ought to be, uh, ought to be minded of being over, over, overseers over things. Not just paycheck, earning paycheck minded, but overseeing businesses, running things. Tell your neighbor, run things. You know what that means? That, that's, the Bible says you're the head, not the tail. That means you're running things. You're owners of things. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, so uh, let's, let's reach for it. What do you say? If you're interested, stand to your feet. And, uh, and uh, lift up your hands and say, thank you, Father, for showing me the way that I'm supposed to do this. Amen. First of all, let's start back here. You are supposed to do this. Yeah, the Lord, the, Lord on this, the Lord on these things backs me up a lot of times. He backs me up. He said, you have to tell them they got to be interested first. You got, you got to tell them they got to be interested first. And then you got to tell them this is they're supposed to do this. And you got to tell them they can do this. <laughs> supposed to. What, why am I supposed to, Pastor? Why would I be supposed to? Because we have a kingdom to fund. We have an assignment. We're, we're, we're assigned to some things. Unless what, guess what? You can do all of that, take on more responsibility and still be in church on Sunday, still be in church on Wednesday. Spiritual things don't get, you know, put to the back burner. Yeah, there's a way. Somebody said, I don't know how. That's the key. You don't know how. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost and he'll show you. He'll give you promptings. Promptings, and then and then you'll find yourself being able to do things. You say, Pastor, how are you gonna? How is this all gonna work out with the two churches? You know how I, I my head can't explain everything right yet. But the way I find out is I take steps towards it, and once I get there, I'll, I'll tell you. Okay, here's how we did it. Until I did it, I didn't know how. But and then, and then we do it. I say, Well, that's how we did it. <laughs> I have pastor friends telling me, we're watching. We're watching what you're doing. We're liking what you're doing because they got similar things in their heart. And they're wondering, how do I do this? And, and, and the Lord told me before, some of my friends told me this, this was just recently. Some of my friends told me, they said, the Lord told me earlier, he said, uh, be, be, I don't have the exact quote, but something to the effect, be, be very keened in on how I tell you to do this. He said, because you're going to poke a door, you're going to poke a, a hole into a new realm of church planning that others can see an example and they can follow you. So this is not just about us. And, and they confirmed that. Some of them came to me and they said, we're watching your posts. We're watching how you're doing this. This is great. I love how you're doing this. I said, no, I don't take the credit for it. God's the one that's given us the wisdom to show us how to do it. But he'll do that for you. Yeah. Yeah, you're still putting your hand to nine to five. But you're also managing something. Maybe it's an online business. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good to see you. How are you doing? Good to see you. I'm, I'm wonderful. Thank you. Something just popped in my heart. You know, uh, some people have come to us and said, you know, Pastor, I just have the daycare in my heart or, or I have another area in my heart. Or, uh, but, you know, so... That's all I can do, right? I'm like, no. <laughs> no, what is God dealing with you? Because Pastor Jay and I, we can't quit the ministry. 
or stop pasturing, that would be dangerous for us. And he just keeps adding more. But at the same time, there are some personal things that we do that he's dealt with us about. Well, what is that? Well, that's between us and God. But with you, uh, there's possible that you could start a part-time business on the side. Again, you have to be organized. And that doesn't yeah. mean that you're supposed to quit church or just quit your job or, or even stop working at the daycare. You know, some of you really have children in your heart. And you want to be there. And, you, and well, God will give you other avenues. I said he will give yeah. you every, other avenues. So, of course, I'm 110% agreement with Pastor Jay, but that just popped in my heart to remind you that if he's told you to do something else, you don't stop doing that and then go do something else and then come back because you're going to yeah. lose out. And some people have yeah. done it that way. Or you don't just quit your job. Okay, Lord, I'm just stepping out by faith. And then you flounder and you got to come to church for money. Right. You know, so use wisdom in that. It, God's okay with you not quitting your job and getting something else going and funding your family before you step out on yeah. the great, you know, anyway. Uh, so, but that came in my heart because there are people that God has specifically told them, you need to be around the church. You need to be around the daycare. You need to be around these things. But at the same time, he will give you other avenues. He will give you yeah. investments, uh, different things. There are things that don't yeah. take much time. That's right. That's right. So, you know, it's just called godly wisdom. Yeah, isn't godly it? wisdom. And what do we do for wisdom? Yeah. We're hearers and doers of the word. Matthew yeah, seven twenty four. So if you're a hearer and a doer, then, and, and you're a tither, uh, because that's a hearer and a doer, and then God, God will bring the ideas, the divine ideas, but yeah. then you do have to step out by faith, and, and that even yeah. takes more hearing and doing, doesn't yeah. it? So anyway, I just wanted to share that, because uh, that's how God has brought us to where yeah. we are. In, in these I was things. thinking one day, this is a couple years ago, I thought, you know, I'm preaching this and uh, people probably don't understand. Pastor Debbie and I have about, I, I think it was five, I counted five different things that are avenues into our lives. Yeah. And so, uh, how do you do all that? By the leading of the Spirit. By the leading of the Spirit. Amen. Well, Dr. Dufresne used to say, you know, being in the ministry, I can only take a day so, so often and do this. And he would yeah. specifically do that. Well, that, that's right. for us, too. That's there's for only a yeah. certain amount of yeah, time. We things can, that we can't yeah. get much time to, but it's over there working yeah. for us. Not everybody's called full-time in the ministry, so they can give you know, more time to that. Not everybody's called to work at the daycare or whatever. I just want to let you know that there are gifts and callings, and just be faithful to those things. But God will bring you other avenues to come in, because there are individuals individuals that are just supposed to give all their time to, you know, business and, and thank yeah. God for those, because those yeah. are generally right. the, the multimillionaires that are funding a funding, lot of things. Yeah. But at the same time, we are trusting and believing God with the little amounts of time that we're putting into things that we can fund. Yeah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Do you receive it? Yes. Do you receive it big? Yes. Do you hear our hearts? Yes. Hallelujah. We're, 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 it's to us, to people whose mind is renewed, increase is not optional. It's not optional. Staying where we are is not optional. Amen. You got to first of all start there. I'm not okay with just staying where I am. I'm not okay. I'm not doing it anymore. That's where we got to. We're just not doing it anymore. You know, not doing it anymore. Just done. 
And when you start getting that way, you start, you start opening yourself to other things that maybe the Lord's trying to say to you. Praise the Lord. Let's agree with them for, for the, 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 the blessing on their tithing. Father, we bless you and thank you today for every obedient person in this house. Thank you, Father, you're taking us all on. You're taking us into increase. You have more in mind for us. And Father, we're willing to take steps towards it. We thank you, Father, as we do. We thank you, Father, avenues begin to open up and you begin to have ways of getting things to us that weren't, uh, didn't have access to our lives prior to that. We thank you for it. We bring our tithes. We bring our offerings. We thank you, Father, every need is met at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Cedar Rapids, Kansas City. Every need is met at Jerry Ministries. Every need is met in every person's life their business, every, every, everything they're putting their hand to in this congregation. And we thank you, Father God, for showing us how to increase and giving us ideas, creative and witty inventions and ideas of what we can do to put our hand to something. We give you the praise for it. We are faith people, and this prayer ends with believing that we receive it. So we all say we believe that we receive it. Right now, now. in Jesus' name, name. amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 I was asking Pastor Nancy, well, she she started the conversation, but I was asking her a few more details about somebody recently that is just, I mean, just, just loaded financially. You know what I mean by loaded? And that's scriptural. He daily loadeth us with benefits. (laughs) And I was asking, she was talking about it, but I just asked a few more details. And she said, you would not believe the different a number of things they are involved with to see that kind of flow in their lives. And, and she named a few of them and so forth. It's not our business. I wasn't really, you know, trying to pry or anything. But, but the point is, people see others operating in things, and they just think they're sitting at home saying, I believe I receive. No, they're opening up avenues. Opening up avenues. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Can I just say this? That what you, what, when you see preachers having a lot, they didn't get that all from their church salary. I'm finding out some things that I just know for sure they didn't get that all from their church salary. Absolutely not. They are doing what I'm preaching right here right now. Amen. They got a covenant too, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. I'm just giving it time to sink in. I believe God wants to talk to some of us and give us ideas. We're receiving them. Amen? All right. You may be seated. Go ahead, ushers.
Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, we thank you for the, the everlastingness to your love, that it never fails, that it never quits, never gives up on us. We thank you, Father, for the word of God. We thank you for the truth that answers the needs of every heart in this room this morning. We trust you for, for manna from heaven, for words that are right on time, that are in season, that bring answers, bring life, bring quickening, bring strength. Father, bring direction and wisdom and counsel. Father, we thank you that it builds our faith. We love you today. We thank you, Father God, for meeting needs all across this room. We'll be careful to give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen. 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 Tell your neighbor as you're seated, I'm going to get what I came for now. Amen. You may be seated. 
you brought your Bible, I'd like for you to open it, if you would, to 1 Corinthians. And uh, we're going to go to the 16th chapter. Thank you, worship team. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, um, Brother Travis is out, and uh, they stepped right up. I mean, they just rearrange over there and take over whatever instrument's empty. <laughs> we appreciate them. Give them a big hand. Hallelujah. Some of these uh, musicians, singers and musicians, they've been practicing behind the scenes, and I didn't know they could do what they, they're doing. I, I heard Miss Jocelyn was good, but now we know. <laughs> yeah, it's a faith project, isn't it? Just keep on reaching. <laughs> so we appreciate you. Um, but 1 Corinthians chapter number 16, I want to read something that uh, we kind of started with a little bit in the helps ministry class, but the Lord wants me to go a little different direction with it. Uh, in this main session, <clears throat> I was made aware that he wanted me to talk about getting through this door of ministry. And you might think, well, you're really emphasizing that. Is, is it as big a deal as you're saying? No, it's bigger. Yeah. It's a bigger deal. Um, and uh, if you've never been through a transition, this is our third one. Well, I guess you could depend on how you count, but uh, this is our fourth one. If you transition, I'll take my own life. Pastor Debbie is kind of similar here, but, uh, you know, I transitioned out of the Mennonite church into going to Rainbow Bible training center. That was a bit of a change. <clears throat> yeah. Like deer and headlights change, you know, like, whoa, but that's one. And then from that into first phase of teaching ministry, then from that into the second phase, that's the third transition into pastoring. And now we're, we're starting churches. And God's adding some things to us in traveling as well. And somebody said, how are you going to do all that? Well, I told you earlier. So, um, <clears throat> um, but anyway, so these transitions, if you've ever been through them, you know, after a while, you just kind of know it's part for the course, how the enemy's going to try to get in and what you got to do and how to answer the thoughts. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of things that uh, have happened around our lives. A lot of things have tried to happen. I should say it'd be a better way to say it. None of us were succeeded. But uh, it's just kind of, you know, I've been through it before. I know what it is. Everything from him trying to burn buildings down to attacks against the mind to all sorts of goofy stuff financially. Um, You just name it. We've probably been through it the last couple of months. But I'm not here to glorify the devil. I'm just simply saying that it's a manifestation of the verse we're getting ready to read. Did you find the 16th chapter, 1 Corinthians? And verse number 9, chapter 16. Verse number nine. Why don't we read it out loud in the King James? King James. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9. For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. We wouldn't want to necessarily uh, put our faith in, on the adversaries, but you don't have to. They're just there. <laughs> Amen. So uh, no, no, uh, no problem, though. We know what to do with adversaries, right? adversaries are there to tread on. Praise the Lord. We have authority over the adversaries. And so uh, this is Paul talking about, and we should read the Amplified, I believe. Maybe let's go back and read the Amplified. It says, for a wide door of opportunity for effectual service. That adds a couple words I like. Opportunity, number one, for effectual service. You know, you can read that and see he's got an opportunity. If you look at the context, he's got an opportunity to go preach the gospel in a place he hadn't preached it before. And so for him, that was another country or another, another region, actually. But for us, it's uh, another city. Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. And uh, there's a lot more. Actually, still, there's a lot expanding also on YouTube and Facebook and things. The testimonies we're getting, the, the people that when we go out, the people who are telling us they're watching and listening, it's just like, I, I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced. In fact, the Lord said this to me a while back. This is a couple years ago. He said, you're being, uh, I forget how he said it, you're being censored on, on social media. I said, us? What are you talking about? But I'm thoroughly convinced after being out there and hearing everybody talking, it's, it's just, there's more people listening than what they let us know. That's all right. They, they, can, they can, you know, stand before God for that. Right? Isn't that amazing? We're living in America. We were, we were doing some advertising for uh, the Kansas City Church, uh, and uh, they out and out told us, YouTube out and out told us they were censoring us. And then it's because it's because of religious content and personal advertisement. Is that the, is those the two words they use? R- religious content. Can you believe this? This is America. Wow. Wow. Come on. Come on. Amen. Wow. Stand before God on that one and see how, see how well you do. <laughs> they need Jesus, don't they? But anyway, we'll get the, we'll get the job done. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, no man shall be able to stand before us all the days of our life. <clears throat> and we just, we just bless them. But, um, and uh, pray for replacements. <laughs> but anyway... A great door, great door of opportunity for effectual service has opened to me, and there is a great and uh, there and a great and promising one, and there are many adversaries. So that's where we are as a ministry, where we're, we're standing at the door, getting going through this into an enlargement. And I want to keep saying that because you need to understand what all that means. So it's imperative for us to, to uh, bring everybody uh, together on the thinking of the Word about some of these things. <clears throat> Jesus encountered uh, two times in his life where he had more adversity or more opposition, more attacks of the enemy than at any other time. Right. One was whenever he went through the door into his earthly ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the Spirit of God came on him in Luke 4 and the Holy Ghost the power of God came on him in order to minister his, and carry out his earthly ministry. And right, right after the anointing came on him and he went into the wilderness for 40 days and was tested, tempted, and, and op- opposed in stepping into that call for 40 days. And he, he came out, he went in full of the Holy Ghost and he came out full of the Holy Ghost. So that, that didn't empty him out. He didn't come out dragging. He didn't come out needing a vacation. He came out full just like he went in full because he was skilled with his adversary. And he got through that and got to the other side, and aren't we all grateful? Second time was whenever he went from uh, his earthly ministry to go to the cross. In the garden, Satan pressured and tempted him so, that, so, so strong that there was blood coming out of his pores where he usually would sweat, blood was coming out. That's standing and resisting temptation. Hebrews talks about that and said, listen, I know you're standing against pressure, but you haven't stood against it to wear blood coming out of your pores. Hebrews, yeah, right. Hebrews says, yeah. says that. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're uh, praise the Lord. Uh-huh. Come on. Amen. Amen. So uh, I'll tell you, uh, Jesus won both of those. He, he got to the other side of both of those. And you can get to the other side of transitions also, where, the, where there's the pileup tactic. 
We were talking in the first session about the, the fact that he said many adversaries means there's a pileup tactic at doors. We've seen it over and over and over again. God connect people with a church that is um, here or other places where the word is being preached and finally they're getting a hold of the truth that gives them the, the tools to live victoriously and they find out who they are in Christ and the devil comes and he opposes that. He opposes that. If he can't get to them, he'll stir up crazy relatives. Yeah, he'll, he'll bring persecution. He'll bring opposition. I mean, somebody's relatives go wacko. They'll get attacked in some area of their life. They're, they get bombarded against in their mind, and they wonder, what did I do wrong? It's not something you did wrong. It, it, now you're dangerous. And if you, were, if you were the devil, I didn't say you were, but if you were the devil and you were a good devil, you'd do the exact same thing to oppose people. The devil doesn't oppose dead, dry religion. He'll get in there and join in with you. But you let somebody start preaching the truth that sets people free. You know, I've got to answer some of your questions. Some people, I heard your question, so I'll answer your question. I don't know why he talks about this so much, you know. I, I have this business and this going on in the natural world, and I don't, I don't deal with all that stuff. <laughs> exactly. Because you're not preaching the Word. He opposes all spiritual warfare is over the truth. The truth getting out. Yeah, praise God. <clears throat> So uh, we're going to talk about this a little bit, and uh, we, we, we need to understand that every new door comes with a greater degree, especially as you progress, comes with a greater degree of opposition. We're not here to glorify the devil. We're, we're here to make you sober about some of this. So just the fact that Jesus spoke to us to enter into this realm of increase means we got to get ready for it. He's, he's counted us faithful. He's basically said, you've got what it takes. If you were in the first session, we were talking about he adds things to people who are faithful. <clears throat> so he's counted as faithful. So that means he's basically saying you've got what it takes yeah. or else he'd have never opened this door for it. Now, how did he open the door? By speaking to us. Yeah. That's him opening the door on you. So he's basically saying you've got what it takes. Now, let's prove him right. That's right. Because how many of you know having what it takes and stepping up and walking in what we have is two different things? We can have what it takes. Anybody got some young'uns in your house? They have what it takes to not fuss and fight with one another. They've been trained. <laughs> I heard a parent say, amen. They got what it takes. Now, whether they do that or not, maybe a different thing. So... Thank you for your enthusiasm. So in Acts chapter number 6, verses 1 through 2, it says, In those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude together of the disciples unto them and said, It's not reason that we should leave the Word of God and serve tables. So they raised up the helps ministry. This is where that was instituted. So I wanted you to see that... If you just read that, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring, in other words, a complaining, in other words, we could say strife, yeah. one group in strife with another group. 
So what we see here is when, in, notice the statement, when the number of the disciples was multiplied. In other words, when there's increase, Satan has strategies against that increase. And this one you can see is strife. This is one the Lord spoke to me about when we were in, I was in, uh, I was in uh, Paducah for, I think, all, all that whole week. If I remember right, Pastor Nancy was down there and the Lord was talking to me. In fact, I got into some places in travail, in prayer in my hotel room about getting through this door. Uh, and uh, the Lord was talking to me a lot about getting through this door. And uh, he said something to me. Let me see if I wrote it down up here. Uh, I think I wrote it down somewhere. Um, yeah, but anyway, I'll paraphrase it. Uh, he said something to me about the importance. Let me go to where I, I, th I think I know where I can find it real quick. Y'all got a minute? Um, so uh, he said this to me in uh, Paducah. Uh, I'm in the wrong place. But anyway, I'll just, I'll just paraphrase it. He said basically that uh, it's very, very important to stay out of strife as you go through this door. He was talking to me about some things. It's very important to stay out of strife. He said it's not wisdom to open the door to the devil when you're going through a door where there's adversaries. The Bible says where there's envying and strife, there's confusion in every evil work. It's one thing for the devil to oppose you. It's another thing for you to open the door to him. So he's looking for opportunities at all times, but he's really looking for opportunities to get in at these doors because he doesn't want us to get through that door. Everybody with me this morning? Well, he's a loser. <laughs> it's not going to work for him on this. We, we know too much. But we, we, we have to be uh, people who step up and walk in what we know. Hallelujah. Paul talked about some of these things that opposed him, and I want to get into that. But um, you remember uh, the Bible talks about e uh, uh, Jacob. No, it was uh, uh, Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel, remember Abel, uh, I mean, Cain rose up and killed Abel. And then, uh, but God had warned him ahead of time about it. And uh, it's, the, it's Genesis 4, verse 19, I believe it is. And in the Amplified, it talks about sin lies at your door. He said, but in the Amplified, uh, it, you must master it. You must master it. That's what God wants us all to do. He wants us to master these adversaries at the door. Amen. Did I say 19? It's Genesis 4, 7. You've got to master what's trying to master you. You got to master stuff that, listen to me very carefully, every one of us has unique things that we have walked out of as we've come on further into the light of God's Word that uh, were a unique or, 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 that's a good word, unique strategy against our life that maybe wasn't that big of a deal in somebody else's life. But in our life, that was a strategy of the enemy that was tripping us up, kept, kept us going around that same mountain over and over again. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We're just going in circles because, <laughs> remember God told the Israelites, you've gone around that mountain long enough? We've all done that. We're not, we're not going to point fingers at the Israelites. Something that he used because he saw that it worked in our lives. Might not have worked in somebody else's life, but it worked in our life. So, hey, if it's working, just keep on doing it. And so every one of us have had things like that. And you and I have to realize as we walked in the light, those things begin to fall away. Right? 
Can we all testify? There's things, there's things that used to bind us that are falling away or have fallen away. But let me, let me tell you something. When you get to these doors, that thing will be standing right there. Trying, he, he thinks it's his opportunity to try to get back in. And there's several reasons why I won't get into all that this morning. But I've learned over the years that these doors, Satan seems to see these doors as opportunities for him. Uh, and, and some of the things that maybe have stood off because we've started walking in the light of the word, you say what it is for you. I know what it is for me. <laughs> different, different ones of us is a different thing. But, but uh, those things will try because they've fallen away. They're not as present of mind as much. But as we go through these transitions, you'll have all those things try to gang up on you again. Am I preaching all right? Oh, I have been there. Oh, yeah, I've been there just recently. It didn't work. But there it is. Amen. And you have to be keen on that. You have to know that. Uh, and I want to share a little bit with, with you on that this, this service because when we say we're going through this door, we're all going through this door. And we need to, all of us, keep the enemy from having access to us in our particular situation where he has, in the past, tripped us up. So we can all go through together. I'm not happy to say it, but there have already been, uh, I can think of one family at least, knocked out. Because going through this transition. They weren't guarded. They weren't, on a, they weren't on their post. They weren't on their watch. Don't enjoy saying that? And I'm not here to embarrass them. I'm not, that's not my point. But, but any of us could have that happen. Listen, if it used to be that we got easily offended, you better beef up and watch out for offense. Amen. If it used to be that you, you always got in strife, you better beef up in that area. If it used to be that pornography used to bind you, you better watch it in that area. There's different things that we all have to guard against. This is not something that, you know, everybody jumps and shouts about, but, but it will keep us sound and keep us, keep us in victory. Praise the Lord. So let's look at this a little bit. Would that be all right? Scripturally? Um, so um, Luke chapter number four, in verse number 13... Luke 4, 13 in the Amplified. Amplified is, uh, is uh, real loud. You can hear it better, so we'll read the Amplified. <laughs> Luke 4, verse number 13 in the Amplified. It says, for, uh, I thought I had it written. Here it is. Let me, let me pull it up in my program. Hallelujah. All right, I got the Amplified open. Can you hear it? Listen. There you go. <laughs> all right, Luke 4, verse number 13 in the Amplified. Now, this is after all the temptation, you know, the 40 days of temptation in the wilderness where Jesus is transitioning. You need to always think of this, this passage as a, as a passage to study when you go through transition. So Jesus is transitioning from, you know, being prepared for what he's called to do 
uh, to actually the anointing coming on him, and now he's stepping into the ministry to work miracles and so forth. After the, the, the temptation, you know the story of all the temptation. It says, when, verse 13 in the Amplified, when the devil had ended every, the complete cycle of temptation. Look at that. The complete cycle of temptation. He temporarily left him. Satan temporarily left him. That is, stood off from him until another more opportune and favorable time. Do you know there are seasons of pile-up tactics? This is one of them, and Jesus got to the other side of it. He was skillful. He knew how to do it. He got to the other side of it. So, uh, but this, this term... He left him, well, let's back up and look at the first phrase that stands out to me, the complete cycle of temptation. In other words, he went through everything that he had in his arsenal trying to get to Jesus. You know, the temptations, we have record of three of them, and, um, but it lasted 40 days, so it was, long, it was many more than three of them. He pulled every trick out of his bag to try to get to him, and none of it worked. Jesus said in John 14, 30, is it? In the Amplified, he said, The prince of this world cometh, and he hath nothing in me. Nothing, nothing in me belongs to him. He has no power over me. He has nothing, I have nothing, he has nothing in common with me. Remember all that? Woo, that's good. That's skill. I mean, there was no access. Just, Satan could not get to him. He was watchful. He didn't open the door to the devil. So when it says the complete cycle, he went through it all and couldn't get to him. So he left temporarily, left and stood off. Notice he didn't go back to the region of the damned and never, never try to oppose him again. He just stood off. I've been through seasons like that where it seemed like there was a gang up on me. Not necessarily because I opened the door. You, you can get gang, ganged up on because you opened the door. But, but there's, there's been times I've been, the, the devil's ganged up on me. And it seems like when I got to the other side of that, there was a season of not as much opposition. We've all been through seasons like that. Um, but he doesn't, he doesn't leave forever and ever and never come back. It says he stood off. Until another more opportune and favorable time. He's looking for another chance to pile up on him. He never found it. Well, he he thought he did. He thought he he tried it, but tried to get him to not go through with the crucifixion. That's what it was all about. He's trying to keep him from going through that door. But it didn't work. Now, when it says opportune time, that's an interesting phrase because... An opportune time would be a time when, when, when somebody opens the door to him. That would give him an opportunity. Right? You know, Satan, the Bible says, lest Satan should, he said, do certain things. In the context of walking in love, he said, do this, lest Satan should have the advantage over us. For we're not ignorant of his devices. We can do things to give him an, an advantage or we could say an opportunity. You and I can both do that. Yes. In fact, we could do it before the sun went down today. Yeah. Yeah. We're very capable of it. <laughs> We've all proven that, right? <laughs> yeah. 
No use pointing fingers at you. We can point fingers at ourselves, right? We just, yep, you see that right there? I can do it. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> Some of you are still sleeping, I'm telling you. So, but that's an opportunity for him whenever we open the door to him. We're getting better and better at not doing that. That's a good time to say amen, pastor. Getting better and better not doing that. But listen, Jesus, when, when he's looking for an opportune time, Jesus never gave him an opportunity. He never gave him an opportunity. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So this opportune time does not always mean whenever we, give the, whenever we open the door to the devil. Because Jesus never gave another opportunity by opening the door to him. By yielding to him, thinking wrong thoughts or anything like that. So what does this also mean? It also means a time of opportunity for Jesus to increase. He stood off waiting for whenever Jesus was getting ready to increase into the next thing. And we have record that that actually happened, that he came real strong at him when he was going from earthly ministry to Calvary. He was trying to stop that, trying to stop that, because that meant all of us be redeemed. So he's trying to get Jesus to not go through with that. He even prayed to the Father, if it's possible, let this pass from me. That's the pressure he's under. Are you hearing what the Spirit of God's saying to you this morning? Don't back off because of, don't back off because of opposition. That's exactly what he wants you to do. So there are adversaries by these doors of opportunity. Now, Matthew 12 says this. Matthew 12, anybody remember those verses? I'll just give you the reference. Matthew 12, 43 through 45. Matthew 12, 43 through 45. This is familiar to us. It talks about when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he, seeks, he walks through dry places seeking rest and he finds none. Then he says, I'll go back to my house from whence I came out. And when he, he comes back, he finds it empty. Uh, swept and garnished. Verse 45, he goes and brings with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and he goes, they go in and make their home there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. I was paraphrasing. I, didn't, I wasn't quoting King James there, but um, that's, that's, I want you to see that he's, this, this, this thing that was cast out of this person always wants to come back. That's his inclination. Amen? Not because that man failed, but because that's his strategy. The devil always wants to get back in. You're going to remember that I preached this sermon. Because when some stuff starts coming, you're going to go, oh, I remember Pastor said something about this. See, we're ahead of the devil. We're not, we're not here today mopping things up that are happening right now. We're just out ahead of him. We're ready for him because we're the head, not the tail. And so um, that's his strategy that tells you his mindset. Demons are minded to go back and bind people with the same thing they, they were delivered from. They're always minded to go back and bind them with the same thing they were delivered from. Isn't that what that's telling us? Those old bondages, those old habits, those old thought patterns. That, that, that our mind maybe got renewed out of and our, the, the, our mind doesn't go to that rut anymore. 
because we're, we're casting down imaginations, we're renewing our mind, we're taking only thoughts from God. But listen, you start going through doors and those old patterns of thinking are standing there or actually the forces that, are bring, that used to bring that pattern of thinking, they're going to stand there and try to get back in. Your job is to not give place to them. Why? So we can all get through the door. Hallelujah. Old bondages, old habits of the past, things that, you know, they'll, they'll try to come back. I've seen it over and over again. We've seen people, I'm, I'm thinking of a young man right now, he came and was delivered from, in the process of a number of years, he was delivered from seven, he was on 17 medications, delivered from every single one of them. That mental oppression was gone, he was growing spiritually, but he started, he started being lazy mentally and the enemy started getting back in and then he started getting offended and so forth and he's back today worse worse. I don't enjoy saying that. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. I'm just simply saying this, this thing is, this is not just nice words. This is reality right here. Those same old things will come back and they'll come back worse. That's the mindset of these things. Now look at second Peter two twenty two. Second Peter two twenty two. We're beefing up. We're guarding, we're, we're beefing up to get through the door. <laughs> Successfully get through the door with victory in hand. 1 Peter 2, 22. But it has happened on, did I say 2 Peter? 2 Peter, excuse me. 2 Peter 2, 22. Lots of twos. Just remember all the twos. But it has happened unto them, according to the proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. That's not one you see on bumper stickers either. <laughs> Look at that term. This is something the Lord, Lord showed me this one day. I'm like, oh my goodness. You can read something and not see what it's saying. Look at that term. I know we don't want to think about it, but the dog has returned to his vomit. Sick, right? But think about it. This is a Bible verse. We ought to think about what it's saying. What is vomit? No, no, don't, um, don't get weird on me. It's something expelled out of that dog's stomach or body, right? That's what that is, right? And so what he's saying is uh, this can happen. He's talking to Christians here. This can happen to Christians that what was once expelled out of them, they can take back in. Old bondages, old afflictions, old torments, old oppressions, old bad habits, old fleshly, fleshly gratifications. They can all, listen, <laughs> I was telling somebody one time, I was, I was showing them this verse, just trying to help them because they were starting to take offense again. And I said, listen, this verse says you're licking the vomit. That didn't go over real well, but... It was, it was a, a, a graphic way to show them what they were doing. Yeah, you start taking a little bit of offense again, you can just, just remember this verse, I don't want to lick the vomit. <laughs> we, country, we country folk in Iowa, right? So... 
that's what he's talking about there in Matthew when he talks about Matthew 12, when he talks about things trying to get back in. We don't, we don't have to let it in. Notice as Matthew 12 there, he said, I will return to my house. Notice that my house. Now that's a lie. It's not his house, but it had been the place where he was binding somebody that that's where he had lived. It's interesting. Some of these things, when we go through some of these verses, you're going to see this over and over again. There are unique things like, like take, for example, first Peter, what's that five where it talks about, um, your adversary, the devil walks about as a roaring lion. He didn't say the adversary. He said your adversary. There is something that will oppose you. Now, I don't want to try to discourage you. I'm just trying to say for the rest of your life, it has an assignment against you. I didn't say it'll bind you the rest of your life. You can walk completely free from it for the rest of your life. But it will stand there waiting for an opportunity for the rest of your life. Amen. It's, it's called an assignment. Uh, when, when, uh, when you were born, God assigned at least one, I think there's actually many more, uh, an angel. We know of a, but Jesus said every, every person has a guardian angel. Um, there's an assigned angel from heaven assigned to your life. What are they there to do? To assist you, to protect you. They're there to guard your life, just like the, the, the term says. They got a lot of things they'll do. Um, the Bible says Satan is an imitator of God. So what does he do? He assigns certain things to people's lives. Not to bless them, <laughs> to get them off course, to oppose them from fulfilling and walking out the plan of God, which includes getting through doors. He's imitating God in that. You understand what we're talking about? Um, so you need to be aware of that, not to be scared of that, but to be sober about it, especially when you're going through uh, doors. As, as a congregation, we're going through doors. And, and uh, those things have to be guarded against extra than, than maybe at other times. Because they're looking for that time where you have an opportunity. And they're trying to oppose your opportunity. Brother Hagin said um, uh, some interesting things that he, he was very, very aware of spiritual things. He said that, Dad Hagen said that um, there was a spirit that followed him around for 12 years, a spirit of fear that the, that the bodily affliction would come back on him. And he said he had to stand against that. He got rid of it. And it wasn't tormenting him day to day. It wasn't harassing him. But, but, he had, there were times that thing would try to get a hold of him again. Does that make any sense? <clears throat> so uh, if you read some of these stories about great men of God, things that they would, they, that sometimes they would fall into. It's because they weren't guarded against the things that got expelled out. Brother Hagin said in his family, divorce ran in his family. He said he got it off of his generation. It skipped over two and landed on the family again. I'm not happy to say that. But you have to know your adversary. There have been people here that married wrong. They came into this church, they had married wrong. 
And the other person didn't want to go on with God, and so there was a divorce. And I noticed they started making, and picking the next mate, they started making the exact same mistake they did the first time. And the Lord, I'm thinking of one right now, the Lord said, rescue them, because they're getting ready to, this one's going to be worse than the first. So we had to, see, that's a strategy, get, get them connected wrong. We're getting some help this morning. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, when, when Brother Hagin had a vision where Jesus taught him about authority over demons, there was a woman that, saw, that he saw in, this, in the vision. He saw a spirit getting a hold of her, and Jesus told him to cast it out. I don't know if you've it's in Triumphant Church. My favorite book Brother Hagin ever wrote. But... Um, my favorite one's really the one that's blessing me right now. But, you know, but overall, I think that's my favorite book. It helped me so much. It helped me so much. But anyway, um, he said, Jesus, can I cast that evil spirit into the abyss? And uh, Jesus said, no. He said, don't you remember? Uh, he said, uh, when the un- well, I said in my word, when the unclean spirit's going out of a man, he walks through dry places and seeks rest, and he tries to get back in. And he said... Um, if, if you could cast them into the abyss, then you know what I mean, where they can't get back to you and so forth. Um, then he said, don't you think I would have rid the earth of as many of them as I possibly could when I was here on the earth? Remember Jesus, that one, that man with the legion, they sought permission to go into the swine. Jesus gave them permission to go. He could not cast them into the abyss. They have a right to be here. Adam gave him a right to be here. Don't get mad at him. <laughs> we might not have done as well as he did. Maybe it took him three months. We might have finished that job in a month, you know. Just get... So, <laughs> so uh, he said, no. He said, don't you know that I would have rid the earth with as many of them as possible? Then Brother, Brother Hagin asked him, he said, well, well, then where do they go whenever you cast them out? He said, when I said in my word, they'd walk through dry places, seek rest, find none. And they said, well, I'm going to go back to where I was. Notice they want a place to live. Yes. They want to inhabit somebody. Yes, yes, yes. Now, I think it's because I didn't plan on doing a teaching on demons this morning, but let's just think about this a little bit. It's because I think they are disembodied spirits. They used to have a body, and they want a body because they can have a greater range of expression in this realm if they have a body. So you know as well as I do that they can afflict a person from the outside and try to get into their mind, but they can't, re- they can't influence near as many people that way as they can if they get into somebody and get them talking for them, get them acting on their promptings and the urges that they give. Now they're messing up a whole bunch of people. So they're trying to get a greater range of influence. And so as Brother Hagin asked him, where do these things go? He said, well, they go through uh, seeking dry places and seeking rest. They can't find any. So they say, I'm going to go back to where I was. And then uh, if that, then Jesus said this in that vision. He said, if he allowed, this is one of those visions in Triumphant Church. If whenever he was cast, Jesus said, cast that demon out of that woman. Remember that? If he's allowed back in, he will come back. And Jesus said something that you and I need to catch, Brother Hagin said. He said, that spirit will stay with that person until he is cast out again or he dies. What does that tell you? That's their assignment. That's their assignment. 
Now you understand what I'm talking about. And so uh, that'll be something, because he's, he's like God. He's an imitator of God. Don't get discouraged here this morning. I'm just making you sober. This is a service of sober. We're going through a door. <laughs> sober up. We're going through a door. Uh, we don't want you to get knocked out by your adversary. Your adversary. There's going to be something trying to oppose and has already tried to oppose the church. We're not trying to glorify these things. We're just being sober. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant. So um, he said, that thing will stay. Look at how Jesus said that. That thing will stay until he is either cast out again or he dies. Notice that part, until he dies. In other words, that's what he's going to try to do or try to live until that person dies. Well, then that's no longer a house for him after he died. I remember Brother Hagin telling a story one time and, uh, whenever he was standing by a relative's he was in a hospital room standing by a relative whenever he died. The relative died. And he died of some stomach condition. I don't remember all the, all the disease. But Brother Hagin said whenever their spirit, they were Christian, but whenever their spirit left their body, Brother Hagin said he's standing there. And he said that spirit, he didn't see it, but he felt it hit his stomach. That spirit jumped out of that man's body and hit him in the stomach. Brother Hagin said, no, you don't. No, you don't. Get out. And the thing had to leave. See, he's looking for another host. But he was staying there as long as he could. Either until somebody cast him out or in this case, the man died. Then he, he can't live there anymore. Amen. It's a little sobering today, isn't it? But see, I'm just endeavoring to get you to understand that there's, there's something assigned against your life. Not to be afraid of it, not to be, not to be anxious about it, but to be sober about it. And especially now because we're going through the doors. Amen. Let's look at a couple of verses. Psalm 23, 4 through 5. Thou preparest, well, that's just one verse. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of the enemy, my enemy. There's something unique to you. Mine enemies. Your job is to become skillful with your enemies. Now, here's something we need to think about. This is why sometimes things happen and maybe some of the rest of us look at it and say, why would they fall for that? I would never fall for that. That's so, I just never, I've never been tempted. Right. Right. You were never tempted with that. But to them, that was a big deal. That was, every time they wake up, there it is camped on their doorstep. Maybe not your doorstep. Maybe your doorstep is something else camped. So here's the thing. Don't be, don't be accusative towards your brother or sister because they fell for that. What's wrong with them? Well, see, you weren't, that, that wasn't opposing you. It was opposing them. That was their adversary. Are we getting help today? Look at Psalm 2711. We're going through this door. Say this out loud. We're all going through this door. Yeah, we're all going through. Not, not, none of us getting knocked out. None of us falling for our adversary. Uh, teach, this is Psalm 27, 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in plain paths because of mine enemies. 
I have a paper Bible up here, and it has this. And some of you, if you're looking at a paper Bible, might have it. Or maybe some electronic Bibles. By mine enemies, there's a letter, and on the margin it says, that observe me. Has anybody got one of those? Or some similar language of some kind. And that's because that's what it says in the Hebrew. The Hebrew says that. These enemies are observing them. Observing. So you, you, you get a, an insight into the enemy's strategy here then. He will watch you and I. And what's he doing? Looking for a chance to bless us? <laughs> Congratulate us whenever we, we don't give place to him? No. He's trying to trip us up. He's trying to oppose us. He's looking for his opportunity. He's looking for the advantage. He's looking for us to open the door to him so that he has access to us, so that he can accomplish his, his plans. He can oppose us and all kinds of things. So they're assigned to us to uh, observe us. So they're watch there are certain evil spirits that are assigned to just watch you and see what trips you up. Anybody know what it is in your life? <laughs> Sure enough, you know, somebody calls us a racist, we'll fly off the handle and cuss. If that's your deal, that's going to be camped on your doorstep. Amen. <laughs> Don't get quiet on me. So these things are just watching. So there are spirits that are assigned to attack you, and then there are spirits that are assigned to take notes, stand off and take notes. Oh, yeah, I saw how they flew. Yeah, yeah, just, just call them this and their mama that, and boy, they'll cuss. <laughs> they want to see how you react and pass that note to somebody that'll, or, you know, some demon that'll, Say, here's, here's instructions how to get to him. Oh, he's, yeah, that's a piece of cake. I'll just watch for that. They'll create certain conditions. These, these, these spirits will send people along to create certain conditions around you to trip you up. You know what I'm talking about. If you used to be bound by some sort of, you know, immorality or something, I mean, naked women will show up on your screen. <laughs> Pastor, you're getting a little close to home. Well, that's your adversary. Amen. Master it. Master it. Somebody said, those, those girls shouldn't dress that way. You should master it. You should master it. You can't control what they do. You master you. You master you. So the enemy, they're, they're seeking... Whom they may devour. Remember, Satan goes about as a runner, seeking whom he may devour. Yeah. I, don't think so. I don't think the body of Christ, this might sound weird because there's, in, in one sense of the word, I don't think this statement is correct, but in another sense of the word, it is. I think the body of Christ doesn't talk about the devil enough. In one sense of the word, he wants attention, so we shouldn't be. But in another sense of the word, People are, he, he loves to be hidden and his activity, they, so the church doesn't realize what he's doing. You need to be aware of what his strategies are. The Bible said, don't be ignorant of his devices. You don't need to go study the occult to find out how he works. You can go to the Bible. The Bible's got all the information you need about how he works. 
so find out, you know, these things will just, they'll, they'll, they'll set up scenarios, they'll set up pressure points and get people to say certain things or get people to do this. And uh, it'll, 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 they're seeking to exploit a weakness. You know what I'm talking about. Any good basketball team will watch, before they play a team, they'll watch the other team to see where their weaknesses are or where their strengths are. Because we've got to double team that guy. He's strong. But here's their weakness. So they'll try, to, they'll try to exploit that weakness the whole time, the whole game. Just keep on exploiting it and keep winning points on that weakness. That's the way the devil is. He's an adversary. He's arrayed against you. So that's uh, what we've got to become real skilled at. The areas where we were once weak, we can actually be so strong that that thing never, ever is, is an access point to the enemy anymore. It might be offense. It might be, uh, it might be uh, uh, just giving up when the pressure comes. You know what I'm talking about? It might be an area of unsanctification. It might be an area of an unrenewed mind. It might be an area of a weak character. He'll try to exploit those things. It might be a tendency to, to go into the emotional realm. Just things get a little pressure. You know, somebody prays to God, oh, God, use me, oh, God, use me. So the pastor gets it on his heart to give him a little bit of, you know, responsibility in something. <clears throat> and they're, they're, they're faithful with that. And then we give them some more, and they're faithful with that. And then we give them some more, and they go, I don't think they go prayer. I'm just so used. I feel used. Everybody's using me. Well, that's what you prayed. You wanted to be used. But, but they turn emotional, and that, that's their limit, you know. Well, praise God. Just giving you different things to think about, because I don't want you to think it's just one thing, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, lest Satan should get the advantage of us. So he's looking. What are these spirits that are observing us doing? They're looking for the advantage. They're looking for the advantage. If it's an area of unsanctification, if it's an area that's not crucified, a lust of the flesh that's not crucified, they'll use that. Many Christians don't realize Satan gets access to believers through the flesh or the unrenewed mind. That's really the only way he can get access to believers because he's bound. He's the greater one lives within us and he can't just get into our spirits, but he will attack the mind and he will try to get us. He'll lure us in the flesh to yield to the flesh and that'll give place to him. That gives, that gives him the advantage. So praise the Lord. Are you glad you came this morning? Um, 1 Corinthians, 2, 1 Corinthians uh, 10, 13 says, There's no temptation taken you and I, but what is common to man. Common to man. Uh, but God will, with the temptation, make a way of escape. Now, God didn't bring the temptation. That language makes it look like he brought it. He didn't bring it. The Bible said, God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. He's not tempting you to evil. He'll prove you with his word. I mean, tell you something to do and stand by and see if you do it. But he won't tempt you to evil. He won't lure you or, or tempt you to do the wrong thing. But he said, every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own. Well, let's back up. Um, 
First Corinthians ten thirteen. Uh, there's no temptation, but it was just common to man. Say common to man. Sometimes people say, well, no, 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 it just seems like nobody's ever going through what I'm going through. Oh, yeah, they've gone through what you're going through. Oh, yeah, sometimes 10 times over what you're going through. No, it's common to man, but God is faithful. Oh, I like that. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above your, what you're able. Do you know what that tells me? If it's coming against me, I can handle it. I can handle it. Somebody said, I couldn't help it. Oh, yeah, you could. God is faithful. He'll not suffer you to be tempted. In other words, the pressure will not be greater than you can stand against. God will say to the devil only so far. He did that with Job. He said, you can't, you can't go but so far. He's doing it for you and I all the time. <laughs> I like that part of his faithfulness, don't you? He's faithful. He'll not suffer you to be tempted above what you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. If it's coming against you, there's a way out. God will make the way out. Make the way out. It might be go to church and learn how to crucify your flesh, but that's your way out. <laughs> there's always a way out. Praise the Lord. So uh, uh, he's, 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 he won't suffer you. That means allow you. That he won't allow it to come greater than you can resist. That's another way of saying that. He'll make the way of escape. Praise the Lord. So the, um, we said to you that there's unique adversaries against each person's life. This verse seems to contradict that, but in the light of what we see in the other verses, Everybody has, it's, it's, it's common for everybody to have certain things that are trying to trip them up. It might not be the same thing for everybody, but, but it's con you're not the only one who has things trying to trip you up. Isn't that what he's saying there? What is different is that the strategies and what he brings to each one is different. Or some things are the same for all of us, maybe. But... Um, what, what you and I want to do is learn to be real good with the ones that keep trying to trip us up, keep trying to trip us up, and just get to the place where you are so good at that to where that doesn't work anymore. They're going to have to get a new uh, observing demon to try to find something else out. <laughs> well, hand the binoculars to that guy over there. See if he can figure this out. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've seen people bless their hearts, bless their hearts. I don't know how many years we've been here, 20 years or so. For those 20 years, they have been throughout those 20 years in the church, out of the church, 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 of the church for 20 years, literally 20 years. Get a clue. Called to the ministry. Amen. Never qualified. Never qualified. Can't even be, can't even be count faithful with a broom. Faith, they're not faithful in a few things. They can't even be counted faithful to get out of bed when the alarm clock goes off on Sunday morning. Everybody still glad you came to church? Almost 12. Praise God. Your deliverance is nigh. <laughs> 
I think I hear Moses like Pharaoh saying, let my people go, let my people go. <laughs> Psalm 107.20, I just give you that one. That's another verse. Psalm 107.20 talks about he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Their destruction. There's something trying to destroy you. I didn't say it is. I'm saying it's going to try. Hallelujah. And there's many, many verses. 1 Peter 5.8, you know that one. So be good at what comes against you. Even if you uh, are become strong spiritually and keep it standing off for a while, you know what I mean by standing off? Even if you, and, and uh, so forth, you got to stay strong. I found if I get a little weak spiritually, a little worn down, stuff starts flooding in on me. I think I've got some people that know what I'm talking about. Flooding in on me, it's just like, whoa, yeah, okay, I can't afford this. Can't afford this. I got to stay strong spiritually. And uh, I, I get to stay strong spiritually. I get to live in victory all the time. I don't know if you've ever read the story of Saul. You can stand with me. Um, simple this morning, but, but profound, really, a lot of ways. Praise God. The king in the Old Testament, King Saul, he, the Bible through uh, Samuel says that God gave Saul instructions through Samuel to... Uh, Go and destroy the Amalekites. Destroy all of them. Destroy the king. Destroy the sheep. Destroy everything. And so, but he had a, Saul had a better idea. Yeah, we were talking about following instructions in the first, he had a better idea. Well, we could take these sheep and we could sacrifice them to God. You know, he's reasoning. But God had put some instructions in there just to reveal that in Saul's heart. To, to, he wanted to skim that off. Anyway, he didn't, he didn't respond to that skim. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, so he said, well, I had a, you know, Saul said, what, I mean, King uh, Samuel said, what's the bleeding of the sheep that I hear? You know that story. Well, the Bible says that uh, th those are the Amalekites he's supposed to wipe out. But the Bible says that eventually God said, I'm, I'm, I'm closing the door on him. I'm, I'm basically, he's not going to be king anymore. I'm going to find a man after my own heart and found David. You know that story. But uh, so God took his hand of blessing off of him and King Saul and his two sons, I believe, were killed in battle. And guess who killed him? It looks like in one passage this isn't true, but if you read the whole thing, there was an Amalekite that killed him. The very ones that he didn't deal with turned around and bit him. So deal with what God's dealing with you to deal with. It's your Amalekite that's going to get you. It's not going to get you. I'm not prophesying it's going to get you, but, uh, but if you don't deal with it, that thing is going to come and, and try to take you out, eat your lunch, make you. Bible said, Paul said, he said, I'm, uh, keep my body under lest I be, King James says, a castaway. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> the only one translation says set aside is unusable. Yeah, yeah. I want to be usable to God, don't you? I don't want to be knocked out. I don't want to be side, put on the side of the road. Well, God can't use me because I haven't dealt with my Amalekite or something. I remember back in Rama, back way back, before I was married and everything, watching, uh, watching some stupid stuff on TV. You've never done that, so stupid stuff. The Lord spoke to me. He said, if you don't put your foot to that, you're, you've gone as far as you're going to go. Click. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
Boy, he made it plain. How many of you know you need it plain like that sometimes for it to hit you like it needs to hit you? Bless people's hearts. I've seen people called. Just be, a call doesn't make you, doesn't qualify you to fulfill the call of God. You're not qualified because you're called. You're qualified because you, you're faithful. Walk in, you know, do what God tells you to do. Crucify the flesh. Do this, do that. Amen. So, uh, but boy, we've seen some folks just struggle, live, live for decades and never qualify. Never qualify. And people wonder why God, why is God not using them? They have such a strong call. They're such, they could be such a blessing. They could be. Absolutely could be. And we need them, to be honest with you. But God says, don't put a novice in places of ministry. This is a good sermon, whether you know it or not. This is just, let, let people get that worked out. You know, if, people, if, if ministers would follow biblical instructions on who they use and so forth, we wouldn't have ministers rising up and then, then, then creating a, a mess in the body of Christ. Amen. Let, let the first Bible says, let them first be proved. Well, praise the Lord. And you can't be proved in a day. Amen. Well, I didn't get offended all day today. Praise the Lord. Great. Let's go another day. See how it goes. <laughs> like the guy said, he said, God, he said, I haven't gotten mad at anybody today or cussed anybody out. But he said, I'm about to get out of bed now. <laughs> you got to keep going. That's how you're proved. It takes time to be proved. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. We all take it to heart. Father, we share these things with no condemnation because we know we all are in the same place in this. We all need have things to, to, uh, to uh, address. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you we're not alone in addressing these things. Oh, you've given us a helper. The Holy Ghost is in us. The greater one is in us. And by the anointing, by the help of the Spirit within us, we can crucify our flesh. We can walk free from our adversary. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you because of the anointing in us that, 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 that speaks to us and that bears witness with our spirits. We thank you that we can be smarter than our adversary. Those times he sneaks up on us in the past and tripped us up before we were aware of what he was doing, those days are over. We're on to him. We're wise because of the word, because of the Holy Ghost in us. Thank you, Jesus. When you give us those promptings, to build ourselves up and prepare ourselves for what's ahead. We're wise enough to walk in the light of that so that these things have no access to us. Hallelujah. Father, we make a good confession this morning. We're all getting through this door. Yes, we are. All of us. Hallelujah. Let's say it all out loud. We're getting through this door. United in one accord. All of us getting through it together. And, and producing the fruit God wants us to produce. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We will help one another, Lord. We'll pray for one another, Lord. We'll encourage our brother and our sister, Lord. We'll lift them up, not kick them down. Hallelujah. We're a family. And we help one another. And we thank you, Father, we're all going through the door together. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Give God a shout. Give God a shout. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you, Father. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. We bless you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Well, I'm going to go listen to this myself again, I think. Not because I'm just giving glory to God for the utterance. He gave us good utterance this morning. So turn to your neighbor as you're dismissed. You got something you want to sing? You got something? You're looking at me like, I got something. (laughs) Yes, let's sing something. What do you got? Go ahead. Yes, praise in Jesus, I always win. Always, always, I triumph again and again. Always, always in Jesus, I always win. There's just one thing I see, I see victory, always, always, I triumph again and again, always, always in Jesus, yeah, 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 always, always, I triumph again and again, always, always. We triumph. Always, always. We triumph again and again. All of us, all of us. Always, always. We triumph again. All of us, we, we triumph in the name of Jesus. Always in Jesus, we always win. Always we triumph again and again. Always, always in Jesus we always win. Everybody say, we always, always win. Amen. You're dismissed. Come say hello to us. Let's sing as we go. Thank you. Always.